Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And on this episode, I have with me my friend, John Jones. He is from Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, and he is the Director of Engagement and Generosity. John, welcome to Stewardship Leader. Hey, Leo. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to um, to have you on. And more importantly, uh, you and I are going to get together very shortly uh, to talk about the CSN Forum, which is going to be hosted at Calvary Chapel in 2023. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, we're pumped to have uh, everybody join us here in sunny SoFlo. It's going to be fun. March is a, a great time of the year uh, to be here, so uh, we, we can't wait. We're excited about it. Yeah, we really do hope it'll be uh, an encouragement to those folks, especially those in the north, <laughs> when they're going to be experiencing still some snow that they'll come down and spend some time in Florida and just be with us at the annual forum. Such a great event. And we're so grateful that you guys have extended the invitation to come host us. We truly are grateful for that and we look forward to it. Well, John, thank you so much again for being part of this. Uh, I want to start out with your personal stewardship story. Would you share that with us? Oh, happy to. I, you know, I actually came to know Jesus when I was very young. My dad had gotten radically saved at a, a camp meeting in our town and we started attending church and he enrolled in uh, something called Evangelism Explosion. And my sister and I actually prayed to receive Christ when, at the same time while my dad was practicing his outline on us. And so I was fortunate to, to grow up in a home where we were, you know, learning uh, how, how to follow Jesus. And in, as it relates to stewardship in particular, my parents taught me financial stewardship principles all along the way. Um, I remember as I grew, my, my dad would teach me what he called the 10 10 80 principle. You know, he would always say, pay the Lord, pay yourself, and live off the rest. And, and so because of, of that upbringing, I've always been passionate about financial freedom, about financial discipleship. Um, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that foundation. And I actually, um, it was in high school uh, as a part of the youth group at the Methodist church that I grew up in that I think for the first time I sensed a calling from the Lord to serve in vocational ministry. Um, and I didn't really understand what that meant at the time, but uh, really when I went off to do my undergrad work in Oklahoma, um, it just, all of that came together while I was in college and started actually serving at, at uh, the very first church I was serving back back then. My, my uh, early career in ministry was as a worship pastor, actually. I was re- recruited to come to South Florida like 32 years ago, about a year out of college. Met my wife, Sherry, about a month after moving here. Sherry and I have been married for 30 years now. We have two sweet sons who are out of college and married. It's, it's so crazy to see our sons adulting now. It's awesome and a beautiful thing. Um, at, prior to the pandemic, my previous two decades, I was serving as the executive pastor at First Baptist Church in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Um, and I just joined the team here at Calvary Chapel in late 2020, almost two years ago. It's hard to believe it's been almost two years ago. But 
My personal financial stewardship story probably began like a, a lot of other people. Um, early in our marriage, centering around the tithe and understanding that biblically and uh, learning how to give in obedience. It was really something that Sharon and I, um, who already, we had a solid foundation financially. Uh, we didn't bring any debt into the marriage. We had a focus on saving, all of that. But the whole I- idea of the tithe was something that even as we were engaged, that we sort of wrestled with and wrestled through as a couple to figure out how we were going to process that and, and respond to what we felt like God was saying. And I'm grateful at, the, at that time I had leaders who who brought inspiration and accountability into my life. I, I would love to say, you know, take credit for uh, being obedient from day one, but I, serving in a church environment, I appreciated having the accountability of leadership around me and all of that. And so that really helped us early on. And both of us really from the get uh, saw the Lord's blessing in really tangible, encouraging ways just in, in response to just that simple, open-handed stewardship of letting him know that uh, we know that everything we have comes from him. And and so we wanted to, to bring uh, that tithe to him. So we were able to, and that was, we leaned into that as our, our family grew and financial pressures came. And, uh, but uh, and then our, our story took a little bit of a turn in that some of the greatest joy we ever experienced uh, in, in stewardship came from being challenged to give sacrificially. Mm-hmm. You, you know the kind of stuff that happens in the church environment, some unique needs that a church might have, capital campaigns that churches do. And it was really the, the sideways pressure of other believers sharing their stories and their decisions around stewardship that had a deep impact on us in terms of how we responded with uh, sacrificial giving. And and uh, and then the other side of that and really jumping in that way, uh, I know it sounds so cl- cliche to say you can't outgive God, but we, we experienced um, his provision in just some really amazing, miraculous ways in that season. So I, I would say it's been a, a progression for us personally um, with our own personal finances and understanding First, kind of the foundation of giving and then uh, and stewardship and then the idea of understanding that everything we have belongs to the Lord. So how can we how can we honor him even more fully with that? Uh, one of the interesting things for me professionally and my stewardship journey is as an executive pastor, my focus was really more operational for all of those years. Like, I hope this makes sense, like the idea of stewardship in that context and and at that time was really more about ministry capacity and like having resources for projects. But I've noticed in the last couple of years as I'm serving more directly in the stewardship space as a, as a leader and a pastor here, here at Calvary Chapel, it's really more about fanning the flames of generosity in, in myself and in all of the people that I serve. So um, that's that's been a, a really fun growth point for me in the last couple of years and understanding that more fully as a stewardship leader. And one of the things I love is uh, a key verse for us here at Calvary Chapel is just Proverbs eleven twenty five that I'm sure you know. It says, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Because that's true. I mean, we have very specific language we use here. We always say that giving is an act of worship. We talk about the fact that generosity brings joy. Uh, we even have a an environment called the Generous Cafe uh, on one of our campuses, which is awesome. It just reinforces all of that very specific language. So I just say it's been a, a fun journey. I'm still on that journey of uh, financial stewardship, 
Um, and uh, I'm having a great time learning and growing myself as I'm seeking to lead others and doing the very same thing. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that you mentioned that your dad was so instrumental in show, not only teaching you about giving, but really it sounds like he did a good job of really laying down more uh, in the area of financial management as well, the 10, 10, 80, and I'm sure there were other lessons along the way, which obviously served well because you entered marriage without debt, and, and then that was kind of a, uh, from, what I, from your story, what I'm gathering is this steady plotting and progression of of understanding, applying faithfulness, and then just seeing the Lord work. And, and I love that you brought in the the generosity component, how God really just helped you to grow in that by giving opportunity and testing you. That's what God does. He tests us um, yeah, to yeah. see whether our heart is really for Him, or is it more for ourselves, and we don't even we don't even realize that it's more for ourselves than it is for Him. But those tests are so important to uh, to really clarifying what we really care about, and then we we get to make that choice. And as we do that, we see God's faithfulness, and it just continues to increase. So it is a way that I think God develops us, and it's it's great to hear that that was part of your story. And I think you're unique in in that most people are not taught by their parents how to manage money. That's, that's certainly been my experience with many folks that I've uh, coached and counseled over the years, that they just didn't have that education, certainly not the biblical um, uh, principles that we know and teach now, they really weren't part of it. And so it's so good to see that your dad had the ability to see in Scripture God's Word and then, you know, apply it and, of course, pass it on to, to you. Uh, love that. Yeah, I'm so grateful for that. It just gave me a, you know, a real-time example right in front of me of, of what to shoot for. So it's been a, a wonderful blessing for sure. And what I'm sure you're passing on to your kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things when they were little, I, uh, I actually tried to take distill down some of the most important principles, uh, ideas, concepts in, in terms of stewardship and just biblical faithfulness onto just a single page for them and, and sort of teach those and train them along the way, taking them to school, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. it was really those were sweet years. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll, they'll benefit for a lifetime because of it. Well, John, uh, you said that you served as an executive pastor for 20 years, and then the last two years you've been at Calvary Chapel in this role. So a quick question on the executive pastor side. You said that you were more focused on the management. How much did stewardship play into that role? Were you more aware—are uh, you more aware now of what stewardship means, all of that, or was that something that guided you through the executive pastor position? That's a really good question. I think I'm just seeing— um a different facet of the diamond of stewardship now. Um, like I was saying, I think, you know, as, a, as an XP, I really, I saw it in a particular light because of the impact that um, uh, faithful stewardship of, of God's people would have on the, the ministry operation of the church. Um, and maybe that's the seat you sit in as you're leading teams and as you're managing building projects and launching environments and all of that kind of stuff. And so uh, I think today I'm seeing more uh, about just simply the unleashing of generosity in, in the people that we serve and that uh, are, are part of our community. Um, I, 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 maybe that's just the, the easiest way to say it. I think I just was seeing a different facet of the stewardship diamond, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what is the most challenging part of serving in this new role? New, I know two years isn't really new, but I'm sure you're still trying to adapt to all, all the challenges that come with it. So 
what is the cha- what's the cha- most challenging part right now? I, you know, uh, Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale, is a, it's a pretty large organization. We're a multi-site like many other church, churches are. And so probably one of the biggest challenges I face here in the stewardship space has to do with scope. Um, and that's not just a stewardship thing, but, um, you know, in, in the multi-site uh, arena, just thinking through from a, a didactic standpoint, what gets centralized, what gets pushed out to the campuses, um, that's, that, that's a challenge. I, this idea of how can we better equip campus leaders with metrics and ministry opportunities, um, you know, be they campus pastors or, or folks who are teaching some of our, our financial stewardship classes. Steve Carter up at Southeast has done a great job at doing that. Like, I've really enjoyed getting to know him just as a peer and, uh, and learning how he equips campus leaders. Um, I, I think the scope challenges me personally as a leader at the point of, of reach. Like, this idea of are we really doing everything we can be doing or everything we should be doing to serve all of our people well in stewardship. So I'd say one challenge probably has to do with scope. And I would say another challenge for me personally has to do with balance. And and by that, I mean um, balance as it relates to, on the one hand, wanting to encourage people. And, and by that, I mean just loving and instructing them. But on the other hand, wanting to call them to action, like stretching them as a stewardship leader. And so I don't know how you or others feel about that tension, but that that tension is kind of a place where I live day to day as I'm just building relationships with people and doing life and and trying to uh, move people forward on the stewardship journey. Well, I do hope that you're enjoying this conversation and we're going to come right back to it. But I want to take just a minute to introduce you to one of our ministry partners. CSN's ministry would not be possible without the help of our partners, and frankly, we would want to do it without them. What they offer to churches and church leaders through services, content, and resources that they have is invaluable to building a healthy stewardship ministry and helping their people to become good stewards and generous givers. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Horizons Stewardship. Church giving has changed due to persistent disruption, economic uncertainty, and changing technology. One question remains, how do I do more ministry? Visit nextlevelgenerosity.com to discover a team of coaching professionals and ministry strategists who will lead you forward step by step. Every church wants to experience the next level of generosity, but no one has time to figure it all out on their own. That's why Horizon Stewardship exists. Go to nextlevelgenerosity.com to learn more about their coaching, learning, and generosity experiences. Horizon Stewardship has worked with thousands of churches to raise billions of dollars for ministry projects for more than three decades. You can trust the team at Horizon Stewardship to help you fund more ministry and grow more disciples. Visit nextlevelgenerosity.com today to learn more. Yeah, I think you hit on a very important note here because it is our heart's desire to help people and, like you said, embracing stewardship, generosity, and kind of moving them along that journey. And every time I've coached someone, um, I've gotten better, I hope, over the years. And one of the things that I address right on the front end 
is to let them know there's certain things that I will promise to do and things that I can do for you. I can encourage you. I can pray for you. I can offer you uh, both knowledge and experience, things that I know work. But what I can't do is I can't do it for you. And unfortunately, no matter how hard I work at my job, if you don't do your part, it's not going to go anywhere. And so much of that comes in that balance of being able to to lovingly support and help people, but at the same time, call them out when they don't do what they're supposed to do, because you know it's good for them. And I know that's not as popular today as the, you know as it used to be in past generations, where somebody held you accountable. Now it's it could be <laughs> considered a little bit mean that you're hard on someone, but in reality, it's scriptural. You know, Jesus. Uh, well, God's word tells us that. It is a loving Father, right? As a loving Father, He disciplines us, not because He hates us, but because He loves us. In the same way, we need to have that balance of both educating and supporting and ministering, but also calling people to an account, uh, to, to be faithful. Uh, faithfulness is not a bad word. It's, a, it's an important part. Without it, we can't, we can't please God. So uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that, John, because so much of what we do is calling people to a, to a sometimes a a life of sacrifice, or what seems like sacrifice, until you get to the other side and you realize that what you were asked to give up wasn't even worthwhile, it wasn't valuable, that what you're gaining is so much more. But it comes down to, you know, to that giving something up. It's it's releasing something that was never yours to begin with, and so much of that comes to balance. So I so appreciate you brought that up. Now, in regards to the ministry itself, um, what do you focus on most right now? Oh wow, uh, a lot. I probably most specifically, I'm focused on um, care and uh, discipleship. Like in the area of uh, of caring for folks, um, I'm trying to set it as a priority for everyone, regardless of where they are in their stewardship journey, uh, to feel seen and valued. Um, that's a that's a high priority um, here in our, our our Calvary culture, and and I. So if it's somebody that's just emerging in their understanding of stewardship and giving, maybe making a first-time gift, just you know, saying thank you and acknowledging people, I'm, I'm focusing on that. If people are established and super faithful in, in stewardship, I'm just trying to figure out ways to help them uh, where appropriate to kind of follow their giving and understand the impact that they're having for the kingdom, uh, people who are disconnected and maybe not... not uh, not connected in stewardship currently, just inviting them back into the story and back onto the the journey. Um, one, one of my great joys in caring for people is for folks who are not really digital, um, just kind of coming alongside and helping them manage the technology piece. Um, I, that That's some of the sweetest times of ministry that I have is, is helping in that regard. And so we actually maintain a, an engagement hotline uh, for folks via email and via phone, uh, so that they can, uh, you know, if they have any issues, they can reach out and be cared for, and we can stay in touch with them. So, I would say uh, caring for folks is is one thing that I'm focused on. But the other big piece is the discipleship piece, like wanting everybody to take a step forward in both financial freedom and generosity. And so we we do probably what a, a lot of folks have done in terms of just trying to help people identify where they are in financial freedom. This idea of, am I struggling or, or am I stable? Or, man, are my finances strong or are they secure? You know, those kinds of seasons, much just like typical weather patterns. And 
we actually leveraged just a key question for every one of those seasons so that people could actually identify where they fit and and plug into a, a ministry opportunity, a, a program, a, a teaching, a something that would help them have the opportunity to grow and take a step forward. So, I mean, like for those who are struggling the most, we're just trying to equip them to answer the question, how do I survive? Like, what what can I do to, to just make it uh, through this, this week and this month? Uh, for those who are stable, we uh, are helping them to answer the question, how can I thrive? Like, I, I'm not struggling quite as much anymore, but I really... I want to grow, and I want to. I want to really juice uh, this area of my financial freedom. Um, for those who are strong, uh, we're trying to help answer the question: How much is enough? Um, and I think you see that a lot on social media and, and places where, uh, it, especially in, in our Western American culture, where we have so much. Um, what if we limited some of our dreams and desires and decided to be more sacrificial? And then. Certainly for those who are, are super secure uh, in terms of financial freedom, we're trying to answer the question, how will my passion endure? So a major focus of mine right now is just pulse checking our people and making sure we're providing the right tools and the right resources for them to, to jump in, to learn, and to grow. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm kind of particularly excited about now is we've uh, developed a, a, a generosity toolbox uh, for folks, just some curated uh, material that uses our, our generosity language. It has curated teaching. It has uh, all different kinds of resources for our people to be able to, uh, on their own, do some self-directed study and learn and grow in the area of stewardship and generosity. So we're pretty excited about that. Wow, that sounds that sounds excellent. And and I love the way you broke that down. That you, you talked about the different types of people that exist in every church, struggling, stable, those that are you know, secure and all of that. And then having a response for each one of them. Each one of them needs ministry, and I'm so grateful that you not only see that, but you have a, a plan on how to make sure that everybody stays engaged or moves to the next step, so to speak, in the journey. What concerns you the most, and what excites you the most when it comes to the stewardship ministry? Oh, wow. Probably the thing that concerns me the most um, is not about uh, culture or about people, but really about me. Like, if I have a concern, it's about me having the wrong mindset or the wrong approach as a stewardship leader. Um, like, I was thinking, if I'm not growing in my understanding uh, of who the Lord is and how he's moving today and all of that stuff, then it occurs to me that I'll expect too little of him and I'll expect too little of people. Um, and I, I was thinking also, if, if my relationships are too transactional in terms of just, uh, gosh, whether whether I'm in a coaching space or in a teaching space or you know whatever it is I'm I'm working in, I I feel like if I'm too transactional, I'll really miss shepherding. So one of my concerns is that I'll be more about sharing information than like actually inspiring people. Um, and so I I want to constantly check myself to be sure I'm thinking straight on those. Uh, kinds of ideas. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think what excites me the most is just helping people express their faith financially. Um, uh, you know, as uh, I was saying, as an XP, I, you, you touch a lot of different areas, and so I never really got to drill down deep on that. And so it's been really fun in the last uh, almost two years to be able to to see that played out, whether it's 
gosh, somebody getting their budget squared, squared away for the very first time and making room to begin giving, uh, whether that's somebody, you know, getting their uh, estate documents squared away and protecting their family in that way as a part of their personal stewardship, or if that's helping somebody navigate a, a major gift for, uh, you know, for an environment that it's just, it's been seeing people express their faith in financial terms has been really, really a fun thing to watch and makes me excited about the future to know uh, what the Lord might do next. Mm. Well, uh, I love the way you said that, uh, expressing your your faithfulness financially, right? Something like that, because so much of so much of our culture today is so focused on, well, everything that has to do with money and what money can buy us, right? Whether it's a position, whether it's a a location, whether it's the things that we own. And some of that comes into also what you said about not missing the fact that this isn't really about budgeting. It's not about just getting out of debt. Yeah, those things are important, but if the goal is just to do the practical things to get to a better place financially, and yet God isn't part of that, well, we know the result won't be uh, a deeper faith and reliance on God. It'll be more reliance on ourselves. So being aware of that is such a such a key thing. I so appreciate you uh, saying that, because um, for us as stewardship leaders, it's this balance. We we do want to see progress. We want to see people get out of debt. We want to see people committing more uh, of their their resources, their purpose uh, to godly things, to building God's kingdom. So some of that has to happen. But if it takes precedence over the actual intimacy and relationship and trust in God, then we can become very transactional. Yeah, it's good. Well, John, uh, in the couple minutes we have left over, uh, what is the best advice that you can give a stewardship leader? You've been in this uh, now for a couple years full-time. What would you say to someone that's either looking at this and saying, well, I'm serving at my church, maybe uh, my passion, I see my passion is growing, maybe God's calling me into this. Uh, How would you encourage them? What advice would you give them now that you're in this full-time? What would you say to someone that's also interested in this ministry? Yeah, it's been really fun learning over the last couple of years. And I I guess I would say to somebody as you step forward into a deeper level of of being a stewardship leader, first thing I'd probably say is be yourself. Um, I think I spent my first several months uh, trying to figure out what I was supposed to be and then realized I'm already me. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and God has wired me a certain way and I don't need to, you know, learn my elevator pitch or, any, you know, I just need to, I need to express my unique gifts unto the Lord um, using some of the best practices and certainly learn best practices, but express them through your personality. Um, like for me, I'm, I'm more of a pastor than a coach. And, and, uh, and as I've learned that uh, early on, in this stewardship space, that's been so helpful to me because it allowed me just to take a deep breath, and and not uh, not worry, not be nervous about an environment or a class or a, an encounter, but really to just enjoy the process. So, be yourself is something I would say. Another thing I would say is uh, get connected. Like Leo, I remember when I first started here at Calvary and and I reached out to a couple of uh, stewardship leaders at other churches and. And, and they, each of them said to me, do you know Leo? I'm like, <laughs> and they said, that's the first guy you need to know. You need to get to know Leo at, at uh, the Christian Stewardship Network. So um, I remember calling you early on and, and uh, just trying to download some stuff from you, starting to build some key peer relationships just so 
um, I would have a benchmark of, gosh, where are we? How are we doing? You know, what are the what are the best practices? And so I'd say getting connected is such a, a critical thing to do to people in your city um, and people are around the country and, and certainly at churches of, of like faith and practice and environments that, that be helpful to you. And I, I know for me personally, um, I had the opportunity to go for the very first time to CSN's forum uh, this last spring uh, up in Louisville, and that was a game changer for me. And that's something I want to encourage you with, Leo, that uh, for me, one of the, it, it was one of the key moments for me in my own personal journey and growth where I really felt like the Holy Spirit affirmed in me that I was on the right track, that I was, you know, right where he wanted me to be, that I was doing the things that he wanted me to do. Um, and I was so grateful for that. And that really only came about as a result of getting connected, getting around other stewardship uh, leaders and uh, volunteers and those who care about those same things, sharing ideas, sharing concepts, and then allowing the Lord to work in you and through you. So I think getting connected is important. And of course, have fun. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. This is a ministry that we get to serve in. And um, we don't have to do it alone. There's a lot of folks out there that have walked this path, so to speak, and have wrestled some of the difficult parts of what this ministry is all about. But it's such a crucial ministry, because I don't think there's ever been a time in history where uh, wealth is more deceiving than it is today. We have more of it, we're less satisfied, and I was reading some stuff today, John, about just uh, some of the statistics uh, that are coming out from the, the Fed, um, credit card debt's up, uh, home loans have, have increased, so like household debt has gone up considerably in the, in the second quarter, uh, credit card debt's gone way high, so they're looking at this and saying, well, it's how people are dealing with inflation. And yeah, there, I'm sure there's part of that is true, but the, the, the deeper problem that I'm seeing and what makes me kind of sad every time I see this, but also excited, and I'll tell you why excited in a moment, but sad because I think, you know, nothing really changes. 2008, when it came and went, people weren't prepared. Savings rate was terrible. Uh, everybody tightened their belt, started to save a little bit. Savings went up. Credit card debt went down. Uh, you know, home loans were refinanced, and everybody got smart for a while. And then as soon as wealth came back in, we got foolish again. And so we're there again, unfortunately. And uh, I don't know uh, of a better opportunity for the church to step up and say, this you know, roller coaster ride financially that we're on, it's because we're trying to live in a way that isn't ordained or it isn't guided by the Lord. It's guided by our emotions. It's guided by our desires. And unless we submit this thing that God gave us, money, wealth, uh, every resource we have, including our gifts, abilities, experience, all that, unless we submit that to Him and commit it to kingdom work, we're never going to be satisfied. We're just going to be chasing the next thing. And I, I continue to see that in the statistics, and it makes me sad on one hand, but also excited because I think the Church is properly positioned to deal with the most difficult things that people will deal in their lives, the disappointment, the, the breakdowns that are going to happen in the family because of it. And churches who are taking a primary role to speak on these topics, to educate, to train, and disciple people in the area of finances, are really setting people up for uh, God's blessing to pour out, you know, and the margin that they'll have because they're managing money God's way will prevent future, you know, roller coaster up and down economic cycles that so many people 
uh, have you know just kind of they're they're slave to and whatever happens in the economy uh, affects them and i think we have i know we have the answer and uh, most of us who have walked this out have seen what what these principles will do to our lives and how they bless our lives and how they create balance and, and margin and and peace in our families and in our lives. So, so it's just a, and, and then we can be generous on top of it. It's it's just a tremendous benefit and a tremendous ministry for this season. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, one of the things I was thinking as you were sharing all that, one of the problems we're trying to solve here right now, and, and maybe it's not so much problem solving as innovating, is just finding new and creative ways uh, to bring people into the conversation. Um, so that we can have the deeper stewardship conversation. So we tried a strategy this past year where we uh, concepted and deployed these these events called Money Matters, and we did one on investing and brought it because investing is such an important topic to people. Mm-hmm. It uh, man, it was great. We brought a lot of people together. We equipped them with some basics related to that subject, but then also we're able to kind of explode the larger issues around biblical stewardship. And uh, we're we're constantly looking for new ways to to kick off the conversation so that we can uh, do exactly what you said is just sort of uh, push back culture in that way. That's good. Well, John, I'm grateful for you. I'm, I'm grateful for the position that you hold there in Fort Lauderdale at Calvary Chapel. Uh, I'm also grateful that you're part of the stewardship movement. And as I've gotten to know you, I, I just know that your heart beats like ours and and you are focused on the right things. And so I appreciate your faithfulness, first and foremost, uh, in your own personal stewardship uh, journey, but also that you're leading so many to do the same. And uh, so I'm just grateful for you. Uh, and, and I appreciate your time today. I really do. Well, thank you. And thanks again for having me. And I want to thank you, our listener, if you've listened to this podcast and in some way it's um, stirred something inside of you. Maybe the Lord said something that maybe we didn't say, but maybe he's impressed something on you. Uh, I pray that it was valuable to you. I pray you listen to whatever the Lord's telling you. If you are called to serve in this ministry, if you're not currently doing so, or if you're doing it but God's calling you to a greater level of service, uh, let us know. Uh, connect with us. We are a group of stewardship pastors and leaders in congregations all over the country who this is what God has called us to. So we identify that this is our calling and this is what God has given us to do. Uh, through churches and through our local congregations. So we'd love to partner with you to come alongside you, help you with resources, and any kind of help we can give you. Um, so please let us know. You can contact us through our website, christianstewardshipnetwork.com. We also have a membership that we just launched, and we would love for you to check that out. It's a very inexpensive way to come and get real-time resources. We have courses. We have uh, a ton of content that we've recorded over the last few years from different events that we've done. We do webinars. We do coaching calls, group discussions, and, of course, we also have community discussion so that you can actually go on there and ask your questions and get real-time help. We would love to be uh, in your corner to help you do stewardship better, whether it's for you personally or uh, for you as a stewardship leader. So let us know if we can help with that. And again, thank you for listening to this podcast. We'd love for you to share it with others. In the meantime, though, thank you, and we'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader. Stewardship Leader.